Oh my gosh, man. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm good, dude. I'm good, man. I'm alive and kicking. Um, not as hectic as this week is a, a little slower. Not as not as much going on. I uh, had a busy, busy last couple weekends, so things slowing down a little bit this week. But uh, I'm good, man. I, I, what about you? What's been going on? Uh, what's been going on with you? Good. Everything's good. Brooke just had a birthday, celebrating year 25. You know, getting into that. So she's a quarter of a century, I guess. That if I said that right. That is right. Halfway to 50. Yeah, my sister. Hey, when this comes out, it's my sister's birthday on Friday. So when this comes out, happy birthday, Lacey! Shout out to you. Happy birthday, Lacey! Shout out, Lacey! But yeah, so everything's good. Everything's good. Um, gosh, I had something I was gonna ask you. Well, I got. Did you, yo? Did you hear about the? Did you hear about the uh, the fake high school football team in Ohio? Dude, how crazy is that? Did, have you? Did you read up on it a little bit, or read any threads or anything? Yes. Dude. Dude, it's just a made-up team. I know. It's like it, it, there was a warrant out for the coach. I was about to say. <laughs> that is unbelievable. And at first, I was like, hang on, what is going on at ESPN? Like, who finessed their way into this? And then and then I read somewhere where it was like some third-party marketing group that kind of, I guess, was some sort of liaison. I mean, that is ama- that's amazing. That's astounding. I mean, yeah, good for them. That That is phenomenal they were able to make that happen. It stinks that they got beat as bad as they did to IMG. They got murdered. And they got beat like 52 to nothing two days before. That is so funny. And they had like, what, 26-year-olds? and Yeah, they were all like Juco dropouts, like 19 and older. And they, oh they, and they get a game on ESPN. It's honestly props to them. I mean, that's a – Yeah, good for them. Hey, you know what? I got I to gotta stop you really quick because welcome into the Mind of a Coach podcast. This is episode 41 with oh, Ace the Duval. A 51. <laughs> that is two, year, two, two episodes in a row. I've messed up. We're just going back in time. We're hitting 41. But, no, we're actually at 51. Ace, you better not be looking at something to find out who you're going to say uh, oh, for your number. I you have everybody? I looked it up, Nate, and honestly, I shouldn't have had to look it up. I think I have one. What do you have? I think it might be the wrong number, but I'm going to try. Is it Boban? Hey, yeah, that was good. I just, yes, man. good. That was good. Come on. With the Clippers. Yeah, Boban. Boban, you want to say his last name? Uh, hang on, hang on. Uh, yeah, uh, not really. Uh, I, can't, I can't even remember. Mar- Mar- Marjovic. Marjovic. Yeah, that's not it. I'm not going to attempt it because I can't see it. Boban. Boban. You know, the nicest giant around. So I can't see his name spelled out right here, so I'm not even going to attempt to do it. But whatever. And just because we are. Uh, yeah, that was really. Appreciate it. But just because we both are from Nashville, um, you're repping the Tennessee State shirt. Um, we're, we're involved with all around game. Um, I think it's also appropriate. This is also the Mookie Bets podcast. Oh, he is 51. No, what are you, what? Is he 51? He's 50. We missed it. He's 50. And we, and we forgot to say, I didn't, you know, I've been off my John, music. I didn't, I didn't even say 50 Cent last week. I can't believe I forgot that. And but. we didn't say John Pierce. Yeah, and we, we didn't say John Pierce. We, yeah. we don't do college basketball, but I feel like for the, for the best college or the highest scoring total, I can't even talk right now. The leading score, the leading, leading. leading score in college basketball history. And we honestly probably should have done 44 as well. Yeah, for, for Hutch. So anyway, shout out to both of them for the episodes that we did miss. But episode 51, Bobon, our Bobon podcast. Wow. Asa, you're doing well. I'm doing well. What do you have to get off your chest this week? Nate, I don't, I don't, I don't think I, I don't know if I have anything right now, man. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up empty. I'm coming up completely empty. I'm sorry. Uh, well, 
no worries, Asa. No need to fear. I'm going to go ahead and get something off my beard. I like this. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but that actually goes into what I have to get off of my chest is Asa, one, your beard looks phenomenal. Haircut. Hey, but- thank you, man. Well, hang on. Before you keep going, I just went over to, uh, to Carlos Marshall, our all-conference guard on our team. He, uh, he cuts hair, and so I went over to his apartment just literally right before the show today. And he gave me this all-conference lineup, too. I mean, look at this. Look at this. You see this? Wow, haircut? that is all-conference. Shout, out to, all-conference. shout out to Chef Lowe's. But that was actually going to be what I have to get off my chest. Hair, okay, there's a, there's few, there's a few instant joys in life, you know? <laughs> One of them's got to be a nice, fresh haircut, you know? Oh nice, fresh haircut. A mowed lawn just is something about it just, like, you know, just, like, gives you this pleasure that just, like, nothing else really can. And then I'm going to say it. Brand new socks, brand new socks. Those are the, those are the three. Um, you, I saw your haircut today. I was like, we got to talk about. Um, I have to get something off my chest. So that's what I got to get off my chest today. Just thank three. You, thank, you, thank you for that. That'll make my day. Give me a free haircut. Shout out my wife. She does it a lot. You know, mow my yard and you know, buy me some socks. And I'm just like the happiest guy around. I'm going to throw a shower in there, but you are right. Getting a haircut is one of the most satisfying things. Uh, it's, I love getting my haircut. I mean, that 30 minutes is just, it's the best 30 minutes of the week. I was about to say, I was about to say, I actually, I, I, I pay not to have the best haircut. I pay to sit in that chair for 30, 30 minutes. So all of a sudden everybody's like, yeah, you're good. It's like, no, no, I still have like 15 more minutes to sit in this chair. Oh. Just like play, like just act like you're cutting my hair or something. Hey, thank you for saying on this week's version of Nate's got to get this off his chest. Yeah, that'll be the only version. But yes, uh, maybe not. Who knows? Maybe I'll get fired up about something. You're more than welcome to, Nathan. This is your podcast, too. Whenever you want to whenever you want to throw something out there, do it. No, I, I guess you're right. This is the Mind of a Coach podcast. And who are we bringing in this week? We got a, uh, hey, we got a referee on us this week with us this week, Nate. A little different, a little different. Okay. Thought it thought okay. it'd be fun to to have a discussion between a referee and some coaches. Uh, all right. Well, hey, I'll tell you what. We're gonna go ahead and get into it. Uh, Nate, hey, we're doing it a little, a little different today. Uh, instead of a coach, we got a uh, we got a referee on with us. Uh, referee Mike Woods. Mike's been refing uh, on all levels for about nine years. Um, we just want to have him on today. Uh, you know, obviously coaching and refing, we we got some clash clash a good bit. Um, but we hopefully we can find some common ground and you know all live in harmony together. Uh, Mike, hey, appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, how you doing? All is well, man. I appreciate y'all having me. I'm a big fan of the of the podcast. I listen all the time, so I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Uh, hey, I, tell tell us a little about your story. What, uh, how you got into refing, and kind of what you know what, what makes you want to do it. Well, uh, just like everybody else, grew up playing the game, loving the game. Uh, after my days was over with, uh, I had some friends that I was like, "Well, I'm about to go wreck some referee, some rake league ball, this, that, and the third. I'm like, ah. Okay, I always tried to get me to come out and do it. One day, I went out and did it. I was like, okay, this is this is kind of cool. Um, my old high school coach was like, hey, I want you to come coach with me. So at this point in time, I remember I was at home talking to my dad. I was like, do I want to try to referee or do I really want to try to coach? Coaching was my first love. You know, after the game, just say, hey, you know, go back, give back to what I enjoy doing, but I chose the referee path. So after my first year, well, going into my first year, then my first middle school game, blew the whistle, and from then on out, I was like, okay, this is what keeps me close to the action. At, the, at that time, I was still playing at the Y, 
three days a week, still, you know, amongst the high school guys and still knowing a lot of people that's doing it. But when I blew my whistle, running up and down the court, I get a front row action to this. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So it's actually funny you said you were going to go into coaching or you were thinking about coaching refereeing. So when I was on the road recruiting um, this summer, so there's, there's I guess, referee camps. Right. Um, and so they had one of these college referee camps going on. And this ref and I started talking and they were like, you, you should try to ref. You, you should be a ref. You should be a ref. No, like people really don't understand. Like you need to be a ref. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I know I enjoy coaching right now, but honestly, I mean, like some of the stuff they were talking about. So I got to sit in on it. It's super interesting. Yeah. It's, um, I think one of the biggest misconceptions, um, is that, you know, referees, referee and coaching is the same. We both love the game. We're just giving back in a different aspect, but we both mm. love the game. We both get a front row seat to see what we love. And you have you to are, know it from both, right? Right. Say that again. And you have to know the game of basketball. No, not necessarily as far as playing. You do have to know some mm. aspects. Some of your really good refs, I know some refs, they were actually football guys in high school. Or they were actually soccer guys in high school. But the universe, they love the NBA. You love the college basketball. So, you know, you dig into the rule book. You learn what you need to learn. And then you actually don't have a bias, per se. Because when I first jumped into refereeing, I would say I was more of a player's referee, which I still am. But early on, it's like, I'm not calling that foul. They wouldn't have called it for me. And, you know, you yeah. get out of that. But, but that, that's, that's what you – you have an unbiased – if you're a soccer guy, you just like, okay, I want to really understand the rules and I really want to understand the concepts instead of saying, uh, they didn't give me that back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So are the better refs uh, – I say the better refs. Is it – I mean, the ones that didn't play the sport that they're refing, are they maybe – are they better at it? Are they more prepared? What kind of – give us that dynamic, the ones that don't play it. That had they didn't play the sport they're repping. Is there is it give them an advantage? I, I know you mentioned the bias thing, but right. Uh, I I will always say you have an advantage if you play because I feel me personally speaking, you uh, you understand the why, you understand the why of a player, you understand the why of a coach. Especially the more and more you get mentorship, the more and more you're you're in those games, you understand the why. I I understand when that player has missed his last four shots and he has no one else to go off but me. And then I called him for a hand check. Close game. I understand the why because I've been that part, that guy. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, if you didn't play it, as long as you understand sports, you still you still have that caveat to it. Yeah, that's interesting. Um so how much how much preparation goes in goes into reffing? Uh let's say, you know, you got a season coming up. Are are you are you are you watching film? I know you got you got your own stuff going on. How much preparation goes into it? 365. Yeah. No days off, just like coaching. And, and we say that, you know, you you shouldn't have to do it every day, but preparation is key. Always watching film, always working on your body, um, in the gym, in the rule book, in the case book. Um, even if you just watch a couple clips from, from the season before, you're always preparing because – you always are coaching. You always are coaching guys up. There's new rules that's coming out. There's new things that players are going to do. Um, some of the referees now, what we do, we watch a lot of trainers. 
because trainers are training these guys. So we want to know what you're training on because, you know, the rules are always going to be a little bit behind. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the Euro steps, the side steps, they're always going to be a little bit behind. But if we can always just, you know, stay not so far behind on watching the film, on watching the trainers, on watching the clips, on why we miss plays, why we get this right, why we didn't get this right. So it's, it's, it's 365. So to go off that, do you ever watch the team that you're about to referee or the teams that you're about to referee? On my level, I try. Mm -hmm. The NBA, that, that's their job full-time. Mm -hmm. they, get, they get to do that. But when you're, you know, a college guy, you try to watch, you try to watch clips and you try to understand uh, what's going on. I still do both high school and college. So sometime in a, in a week, if I have four games, it might be three college games, one high school. I may not get to watch a whole film, but mm. I'll watch clips. But to that point, I have a circle of referees. So if I'm, you know, at TSU one night, <clears throat> I need to ask my vets, hey, what you see last time you was there? You know, how are they trending? What was they running? So we always have an open line of communication. How, what's the feel of the coaches? So we always trying to figure out what's going on. Awesome. So what is, what's kind of like the, the ladder for a referee? Where, how, how, do you, how do you get into it? Where, what is, what's the kind of the, the career trajectory path of a, of a referee? It's different for, for everyone. Um, you want to have mentorship. Mm -hmm. if, you, if your father did it, or your mother nowadays, but if your father did it, you have, you know, an inside leg because, you know, you watched him. And depending on where, you know, your father or mentor is at, then they're going to try to get you to that level. So that's always, I would say, you know, the best, the best way because, you know, they've done what you're trying to do. They have the ear of the people that make decisions. But if you just want to get into it, you start out at your high school association. You start, um, you know, middle school. Hopefully you understand it. You go to high school. After high school, if you want to go to the college ranks, all officials do not want to do it. Some just want to do high school, which is great. But if you want to go to the college ranks, then you have to start going to the college camps like you saw this, uh, this summer. There, mm -hmm. There's a ton of them. You just look at what league that you want to get into. Um, send an email to the supervisor that lets you know what time they're their college camp is, and then you go. You got to prepare. You got to look good. You got to know what you're doing because it costs money to be there. You don't get mm -hmm. paid to ref those games. You're paying to be there so you can referee during the season. And no one wants to waste money. And you're not paying $50, 100 These are five, six, six fifty dollars $650 camps that you're going mm -hmm. to. Yeah. No small buck there, Asa. <laughs> That's my buck. Hey, um, quick question. Or I guess if Asa, if it's okay with you, just trans. Um, I guess like just going from that aspect, but now into the rules portion. Obviously, you guys know the rules better than we do, and sometimes you probably get sick of coaches, you know, berating you about some specific call that was not a foul or that was a foul or was a double dribble, was a walk, and, they, and, you, and you're just like, that's just not it. How, one, how do you manage being calm during that time and explaining to a coach or a player that might not understand the rules like you know? 
Well, that's two different things because a lot of stuff, what you just mentioned, a judgment. So, you know, was that a double? Was that a walk? You understand? And you know what? The best answer, it's a learned behavior. It's a learned behavior. You need mentors. Um, I'm so blessed and fortunate to have some of the mentors at every level. And when I say every level, from even high school when I first started, I still work with those guys, and they still, you know, pour into me. I have mentors in the SEC and the ACC that I can call and say, hey, watching TV or Coach K said something, and then the next time the, TV, the camera was on, he was calm. What, was, what, what did you say? Um, in the NBA, mm-hmm. you know, uh, hey, Doc Rivers did this. What did you say? How did you do? And the learned behavior is all about body language, um, answering the question, being truthful. A lot, of, a lot of times coaches don't have a lot of questions on rules per se. It's more judgment because the rule aspect of it, you know, Okay, if we got a technical foul, one shot, point interruption, or, you know, double tech, or if the ball left the hand. We can get into all that. You know, a lot of coaches know around about what's really happening. You know, as long as you just don't mess it up when they go back on film, say, oh, you applied that wrong. Mm-hmm. But the best answer is it's a learned behavior. And that's what we learn in those camps. In those three-day weekend camps, you know, we're in those classrooms, and we're, we're clipping – where those coaches are are mad because of of a judgment or a missed call, and how do you respond? And that's mm-hmm. part of your preparation. So when you learn that at that camp, now you have three hundred and sixty five days to work on that in your rec league, your middle school, your rec games. It's all the learning behavior. Gotcha. Okay, so going off that, I guess you might have just answered the question. So are these camps that you guys go to are they required for every year, or is it a uh, like I guess uh, entry fee almost to get into coaching or into refing. It's required to the supervisor feels a level of comfort to where you say you're good. I know what you're bringing to my staff. Okay. So, so you go to camp to get on mm-hmm. to, to, to get on staff. You probably have to go depending on that supervisor, maybe five or six times before, because though, because you don't start off doing conference games, you don't start off doing close games. So mm-hmm. I'm going to get you on my staff first year give you a couple of games, come back to camp. Number one, I want to see if you're still in shape. You're mm-hmm. preparing the way you need to prepare. Come have another good camp. Uh, increase your schedule a bit mm-hmm. more. Come back. And then, you know, when you get in those tough games, when you get in those conference games, okay, I have a level of comfort to where you no longer have to come to camp. Gotcha. Okay, so once you have that, when you've gotten the five or six years or however many camps you've been to, so you have that comfort level with your supervisor. Mm-hmm. How are you learning the new rules every single year? So you got, so you guys are up to date. Your circle, um, yeah. you're always, you're all, we're always quizzing each other on it. We're always in the rule book. Um, as you know, as coaches, you have a different interpretation about it, and we have a um, a coordinator of officials for everyone. Okay, so gotcha. we have a we have a what we call. Uh, an email link, not an email link, but a, a website that we go to that you log in, you get clips, you uh, we get tutorials, but you have your rule book. It's on you to know the rules because that's part of your job because, you know, that can get you hired. That can get you climbing up the ladder if you apply something correctly. Or, you know, you might see someone today going tomorrow because of misapplications in a game. And as you know, as coaches, those are big things. 
Yeah. And I, and I specifically asked you that question too, because Asa, I don't know if you remember, we, we scrimmaged at Troy uh, every single year. I want to say, or almost every single year, not at Troy, but at Birmingham Southern, we played against Troy and we would have officials come in and they were basically teaching us the new rules of the year. And I'll never forget the biggest one that we had to learn Asa. I think it was our freshman year was the 10 one four. And that was just the hand check. So yeah. like in high school, you could, you know, you could arm bar somebody, you put a hand on somebody guarding. And then all of a sudden it was right as, right as they made a move, you know, it had to be right here. You had to take it in the chest. So I, I guess what I was asking and just going back is, so they were just talking to the people in their circle and that's how they figured out the new rule or they just came from camp or. Well, right around this time of the year when, you know, your preseason is coming and you know, you're, you're doing it. When that, when that, when that rule was implemented, my, there was no chance that I was ever going to be, <laughs> I mean, that, that was it. That was all I had. And when that was gone, it was over for me. <laughs> but, the, but the caveat to that is this. And, and, I, and let me answer the question. Right around August, we have, uh, we have meetings. Okay. All the officials come. We have four regional meetings, one in Phoenix, Atlanta, um, Indianapolis, and then one out west. That's where all the officials meet. And then we have conference meetings as well. So whatever conference meetings that you're, that you're in, you got to go to those meetings as well. Also, that's when we're learning the new rules. Um, rule changes every two years. So nothing's going to change within those two when it comes to rules. So you have two years to understand the rules. And once you have a good understanding, every two years is just going to be something that's going to change per se. Gotcha. So then when your scrimmages come, you invite your referees to come in just to explain to the coaches and to the teams what the NCAA is looking for. So with the 10 one you didn't just learn that because that's yeah, always yeah. been a part of the game. Sure, what sure. was that was a point of emphasis because right. now the NCAA is saying, hey, these games are not fast enough. We want more scoring. These athletes are so athletic, and you cannot redirect them. We've always played with hand check. You couldn't mm -hmm. do that, but we're going to say it was going to be enforced because the SEC officials enforce it differently than the Big Ten officials. The Big Ten officials enforce it differently than the ACC because we all have our interpretation of it. Mm -hmm. Me, personally speaking, Hand check, okay, I'm good with that. It's the redirection. So I'm not just so quick to blow my whistle because the hand check, because in 2021, you have to hand check everybody. We're all big, fast, and strong. You're just not going to play with your feet. But the redirection of it, that's the foul. Now, if you ask someone else that might be a little bit more pure than me, they'll have a different interpretation of it. Okay, so we already talked about hand check, Asa. I'm sorry, I'm rolling right here. All right, hit hit, hit me on the wall ups. When when did this become a huge point of emphasis? Because man, I mean, the not jumping in the circle, the jumping in the circle, the wall ups. Your hand came down. I think that was another big thing that was like a big change in college basketball, just from the refing standpoint. Right. So all secondary defenders in the art have to jump. You cannot stay grounded. Okay. So the wall up came from when we as officials was giving the foul to the defender wrongfully because the offensive guy was jumping in there. So we have to get better. And that's still a point of well, instance. Because if that offensive dude, if he's walling up and that offensive dude goes into him, sometimes those hands come down, right? And it looks like, or am I missing? Not sometimes. They have to. Right. They have to. They have to come down. Point. So once again, when we're in our circles, when we're in our camps, when we're watching clips, how many times did you give – to that play when he jumps into 
the defender and he comes down. If you hit me in my chest, I have to come down. Right. So it, once again, it's a point of emphasis. So we blew it up. All the coaches is like, now nah, it's walled up. We've always walled up. But mm -hmm. now it's a point of emphasis because we do not want to keep giving fouls to bigs. Bigs are a premium. Every team has one. If you're lucky, you have two. We cannot keep giving three fouls in the first half to a guy that's just straight up. Yeah, absolutely. Asa, do you have any more questions regarding rules? I'm about to hop out, out to something else if you don't. Um, not, not necessarily rules, but I, I mean, I'd have, I, got some, I got some questions kind of more. Yeah, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, so refs, obviously, nobody thinks they get treated fair by refs. Especially, we especially think that here, okay. We always seem to get the same refs. Do do, your, do supervisors purposely send refs to the same places after? Like, let's say a couple games happen where there's either either lopsided, some free, you know, something. How how does how do refs go about getting assigned to a certain game? Because okay. it seems like even if things have been going bad, that same ref keep, they, they keep sending that same ref. Right. So at the college level, it's a business. Yeah. It, it, it's a it's a business first. So the coordinator of uh, of officials in whatever conference um, uh, officially in, it's on their, it's their job to say, Hey, I'm going to send Michael to TSU or to Lee a couple of times a year because he has a good rapport with those coaches. Mm -hmm. If I'm trying to bring a new guy in that I just hired, you know, Mike's been in this league for a while. He has the ear of that coach or whatever referee that is. We don't assign our own games. You know, we have um, our our website that in September, October, September, yeah, in October, games start coming out. It could be shifted, but the coordinator that's that's on the coordinator, and his job is extremely hard mm -hmm. to say, "Hey, we're going. I'm sending these guys here because I feel like they can perform a job." Now, obviously, when you get in the conference, once again, it's a business. I'm assigning these refs to go in and handle. This game, this rivalry game, um, sometime I may have to shift it because this team is on a three-game losing streak and they're going against this team. So, you know, those factors go into the coordinator assigning those particular, you know, officials to certain games. Gotcha. That's what interesting. Is, so let's say, uh, let's say a referee has made – and, I, and I'm talking, grant, you know, in the NFL, you see all the time a uh, uh, ref. I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm talking about blatant missed calls, uh, specific blatant missed calls. Let's say a referee, Dude. egregiously bad missed calls. Let's say, let's say, let's say over a, a season, there's four to five, obviously bad. You know, Stevie Wonder could have seen that coming, kind of call, right? Right. Is, what is the is there a pro is what is the evaluation process like for somebody for a referee that has has clearly gotten some calls wrong once again it goes back to that that question you got to come to camp yeah because you had a tough season you yeah. know um maybe not putting you in front of that coach again you know it it does all come down to you know how your coordinator feels about you and what type of opportunity that coordinator wants to give that particular official mm -hmm. but there's been more officials that have can't come and gone than when coaches know. You know, mm -hmm. it, you, your best officials are going to miss calls. You know, like I said, I'm blessed and fortunate to, to have some mentors that, you know, have been to the Final Four in the last three, four years. 
been to the Sweet 16. Missed calls. Missed important calls. On TV calls, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of those coaches feel, I'd rather for that particular ref or one of my favorites. I already Teddy Valentine missed that call than Michael Wood because he's going to get more right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he's going to get – he's been in this situation. The situation, the game does not scare him. It's not too big for him. He may have missed the call. But a lot of coaches feel like I'd rather for those veterans to miss it because they've gotten more right than a newbie coming in and just messing up the whole shit. That's interesting. That's interesting. Okay, Asa, I got to go off with what you said. Um, I'm going to get to coaches, that coaches section in a second, but all right, big one I want to ask about makeup calls. All right, makeup calls. Is it just natural, like human instinct to maybe have a makeup call? Do you even see it as a makeup call? Or are you just like, I'm just seeing the game as the way it is? You can't, you you can't just say what I want to hear. You have to say the honest truth here. Okay, honest truth. Number one, no such thing as a makeup call. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but the way, but the perception and how fans and how coaches see mm-hmm. that. For me, when I go and I miss a call, something I know I shouldn't have missed. My natural thing is I miss that call. Mm-hmm. Asa, when you miss a three-point shot back in your day, your natural thing is to run back on defense, swipe your shoes off, and to get that opportunity back. So when I miss a call, I'm so locked into the next five possessions that the basketball guards are going to come back to that same call that I missed down there. I'm going to blow it, and I'm going to make sure I don't miss it. Yeah, coach, are oh, you making a call? Or you didn't, you're right. I'm still mad about that call that I missed. Mm-hmm. But I have to shake it off because we have so much more time in this game that you don't want me to continue to concentrate on what I missed, especially if the game is has a lot more time. Now, you know, in the balance, different situation, you still don't want me to miss. You still don't, you still want me to be locked in. But for me, when I miss a call, my, my, my peers, when we miss a call, especially when we make a decision on it. All right. The, to the next media timeout, I'm on my clocks. I'm on my coaching box. I'm on if that player say anything. And it's not that I'm trying to stick it. I'm just trying to perform my job to the best of my ability. And it just so happened because I missed that call. That, that is so interesting. Like, so, I mean, I, I love it. I mean, that helps me a ton too. But all right. So during the makeup call section, you know, coaches and uh, referees can have some disagreements or some coaches, I guess, is what I'm going to ask is some coaches will ride you all game long. And some coaches are super calm. Some might meet in the middle. Right. What is more productive to you? He's like, I've seen some coaches that ride referees so hard and it actually seems like it works. And then other coaches that are just super calm the whole time and it works. And I've also seen it work differently um, the other ways as well. The most productive for me is the coaches, when they speak, they speak that I need to listen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're calm. They, they're seeing the game. They're not whining just to be whining. They're not hard just to be hard. They're, they're, they're watching their team. They're coaching their team. And when they see something that they think is out of 
because just like just like earlier in our conversation when I said, and this is my take on the coaches, the personalities of the coaches that you just said. Mm-hmm. It's some learned behavior. I know some coaches that before they start coaching, you was calm. You a chill guy. Mm-hmm. You put on your tie and you get on and you get on the sideline. You you you're a whole nother person. Why? Well, you probably saw your mentor do that. You probably saw a coach that you really mm-hmm. respect do that. So you're trying to implement, which we all do, because I do it as referees. I see my mentor. I'm gonna run like that tonight. Or I'm gonna call a foul like that tonight. Maybe that'll work. I gotta I gotta do what's best for me. I gotta work on my personality. So the ones that ride all day, I mean, it's a time and place for it. It is what it is. Of where I'm trying to get when they say um, the Dayton coach, I can't think of his name right now. I think he was at Alabama. Um, or, uh, um, 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 Grant was it Grant? Grant, Grant, yeah, yeah. All right, when he speak, a lot of times he's right. Yeah, a lot of times he's right. Some mm-hmm. of the NBA guys, when LeBron says something, I look at it at halftime. A lot of times he's right. Draymond. We get into the, you know, the the theatrics. Sometimes he's right. Sometimes yeah. these coaches, they're right. So when you speak, if you get that credibility, now the ones that's whine, sometimes, all right, we turn them off. You could be right. I turned you off, though. You, you, you're doing too much all game. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. Asa. That is. That is. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. I, I, got, I do have a couple things. What uh, What is – what is what is your fuse? What is, personally, like what how how what how little or what's your fuse? You, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like when I'm just feeling like I, I don't want to take any more. At what point? Yeah. What's gonna what's gonna send you over the edge? Like, all right, this dude, he, he yeah. What's gonna send you over the edge? At what point? How 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 long does it take to get you there? What exactly does it take to get you there? What would give me? Just because number one, my why is the players, coaches. I understand. I want to get back to the locker room, so I work on never getting to a point to where I'm just totally frustrated and done. And that kind of goes back to my personality. You know, um, I'm I'm an optimistic type of guy. You know, and I'm not really an argumentative type of guy. I can be direct. Um, I can say my piece. But in my mind, when I'm running up and down the court, it's been a time or two where I'm like, all right, I'm done with that coach. I, my mental, I'm done. But then I run up and down twice. These players are playing. The band is, is playing. The, my feelings because he deterred me from really what I'm trying to do, and that's accomplish my job, fair play for these kids doing what they do so I, I work very hard not to get to a point to in the game where it's like Ugh, i'm not i'm not fooling with him hmm. um what's the uh what's okay i tell you, you want to do some rapid fire questions with us yeah let's go all right and i because i kind of want your perspective on some of these and i'm going to switch some of them around because obviously you haven't gotten a technical you've given some so the first question is like what is the what's the all right, what's the most petty thing you've ever given a coach a technical for? There it is. <laughs> or thrown a coach out for? I haven't. No? So I don't, I don't really – technical fouls are, number one, we, we talk about in the camps, our toolbox. What do we come to the game in? So 
technical files should be the last thing that you that you want to issue. You want to you want to be able to 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 be able to just to um diffuse situations. Me personally speaking, once again, I told you I'm an optimistic type of guy, fun loving. I like I'm 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 chill. I, technical files are n not me. So if I'm giving a technical file, it could be because you you know you got six men on the court, which kind of goes back on us. So I don't want to do that one. Um, maybe unsporting if a if a coach just wants his tech. Mm -hmm. I can do that, but I, I, in my short career, I have not given a technical or threw out a coach because it, they've been just chirping. Um, okay, so what is what is your what what is your threshold for throwing out a, a coach? It has to be obvious. The tape, the tape, the tape has to defend me on throwing out a coach. Mm -hmm. My third, or better yet, my threshold is unsporting. Yeah. Unsporting to me, unsporting to my partners. Um, questioning my character and my integrity, you you're gone from that. You're gone. Mm. I'm not here to cheat. I'm not here to give another guy an advantage. And if that's ever in question, and you're loud enough, okay, I, we can handle that situation too. Okay. Uh, should gotcha. teams should teams foul if they are up three and the other team has the ball with with a chance to take the last shot? Should teams foul or should they uh, or should they let it play out? I guess that would be a coach's thing. Yeah. I've seen I've seen on both ends. I've seen on both ends happen. Like, oh, they should have fouled. Yeah. Oh, they shouldn't have. I, I've seen I've seen both. I've seen both. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen both go go down the drain. Um. Okay. Uh, <laughs> how about this one? Um. Are do you do you know when you give? Uh, do you know how many players how many fouls a player has in the, in like in in the back of your head? Mm, if, that's if a good you one. Get a foul, and and he's a good player, right? And maybe maybe the first one was a ticky tack foul, then maybe he actually commits a foul. Do you know that he has that second foul, or that he's got one? To, like how 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 often are you thinking about that? All the time. Yeah. When I, when I don't know, I need to get locked in. Okay. I try to I try to sneak to the table, figure out what's going on, because that's important. That's a part. That's a part of the game. If you're going to ref a high-profile game and it's uh, I don't know Herb Jones on you know on Bama, you're going to ref that game. Are you you're, you know how many fouls he's got at, at any given point? Well, I, I would say this for for through our referee creed, everything's a, a high-profile game to the coaches and to the player. So regardless of the division, regardless of where you're going, it's a high-profile game. Every team has a star player. Every team has a bid. Every team has that that person that comes in and gives your energy. Those are the things that you need to know. Kind of going back to that question from a college perspective or a high school perspective, we don't really get to watch film, mm -hmm. but when we're in the locker room that hour with 15, hopefully you know someone that's already been there that can, you know, give you a little a brief, a, you know, a background. And then you just read, you know, while get out your phone, what's going on, who, what's what. But yes, bigs are premium, star players are premium. Yes, I need to know that that's his second file. We got 10 minutes left in the first half. We're we trying to get him through that. Now. Okay. I got a question then. I got a question. I got to okay. ask. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Okay. So let's say it's a tie game and it was Lipscomb versus Belmont. Dylan Wendler has four fouls and he goes over somebody's back that's a lot smaller than him. It's not egregious, but he definitely bumps him and the other guy falls to the ground. Would you call a travel or a foul? <laughs> I need to be in a situation because okay. it, could, it could be both. It's called a travel. <laughs> and it, wasn't, you know, it wasn't a ton of contact but and it was sold it was sold by the guy that fell to 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 
but you know, there was there was contact. It was not a vertical leap. It was a diagonal leap into the the guy that rebounded the ball. Just just curious, Dylan. I hope you're listening. We're, we're, pro- we're probably we're probably gonna go probably gonna go travel the way you de- described that because this is the thing. You can go over someone's back. Over the back is not a foul. Mm-hmm. If you get to the ball before that other person gets to the no, ball, no, 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 no. The guy, the guy, the defender grabbed it. He uh-huh. grabbed it, had it in his hands, and the other guy, not not vertically, not like vertically hit him, like diagonally jumped into him and bumped him, and the other guy fell. Let's just go by, travel. Still, still travel. Okay, let's go travel. You're just trying to defend the refs right now, but <laughs> whatever. I still disagree. Um, oh, what was that? But about? I respect it. I respect what's, it. What's the most What's the most intense game you've you've refed, or most chaotic game that, that you've refed? Where it was, I mean, the magnitude of it. You could feel the magnitude of it. Every call was. I mean, I know we we talked about how you know it's all big t- everywhere you're at the big time. But what what was right. the most intense game you 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 refed? Oh, you gonna have to come back to me. I I've had some intense ones. Oh, uh, what's coming? The one that stick out to me early on was a, a high school game, and it was actually um, Station Camp in Gallatin. And it, and it sticks out to me because this was my second year. So I really don't have, you know, my script is – I'm still writing my script on what I like, what I don't like, how I'm trying to just figure it out. So um, both teams happen to be good that year. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes down to a wire. Uh, I remember I called a foul on the best player on the court. Uh, he walled up, but just because this little guard that's smaller than me went into him and then fell, I was like, well, that has to be a foul. Called a foul. He fouls out. Um, I get a call um, 20 minutes from the game, not even at home. Like, I'm going to watch that film tomorrow, and I'll call you to let you know how you did, Mike. Mm, okay. And that was the supervisor of the high school. But um, that sticks out to me because once again, at that point in time in my career, I still I'm still writing my script. I'm still trying to really figure out mm-hmm. what's what's what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes mm-hmm. total sense. Um, I mean, that's like um, Brandon Miller got like three fouls in the state like finals, like what within like four minutes of being on the court. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah that's that's rough. Yeah, that, that's, and they were and it was. It was it was not probably the best calls, but <laughs> it happens. It happens. Just like coaches make mistakes, players make mistakes. I mean, refs are going to make mistakes too. All right, okay, Mike. This is my last one. What's kind of wh- where do you want to take Refn? Where wh- where where do you see yourself going in the future with Refn? Hopefully, hopefully the Division One level, high level SEC. If I can get into two Power Fives, that would be great. Um, you know, referee because we have consortium. So you know, do a Sun Belt game, do an A Sun game, do a OVC game. Um, you know, be able to to work eighty nights a week. I mean, not a week, eighty nights a, uh, a season. Uh, be able to travel. Be able to see some of these arenas. Um, you know, feel the atmosphere. So hopefully, you know, that's why I would love to take it. Yeah, yeah, no awesome. Uh, hey man, well that's all we got for you tonight. I, I want to have you back on and talk to you again in the future. This is uh, this, this was a lot of fun, man. I think I think there was some good stuff that was uh, said and, and and learned during this. So hopefully people got uh, got got some good stuff out of it. Uh, Absolutely, have me back mid season to te- see how you all feel about what's going on. We got mid season. Oh man, hey, well I will tell you what, where can uh, you, you on social media, or Twitter? Where can everybody find you on on uh, social media? 
I, I don't, I'm not on Twitter, but you can find me on IG mwitty23. I probably shouldn't say that as a referee, but um, you can find me there mwitty23. Uh, Facebook, the same thing. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's where you can find me. Don't send, if you follow him and find him on Instagram, just please don't send him any hate. Yeah, I, I, so I went viral this year. So unfortunately, yeah. So uh, I'm at Brentwood, Hensworth. Uh, yeah, I call a technical foul on Sky. Oh my goodness. Overtime gets it. Yeah. Put it on IG. And there you have it. Trending rep. <laughs> how many views did it get? Or how many how many a lot? If you go if it's it's on Ryan it's on Ryan Gibbons page. If you go on his page, it it, it listen, I was at a camp uh no no no. I was in a Junco game in Illinois and one of the players was like, Hey, you called a you called a technical foul on Sky. It, that happened in November. The game was in January, and I was like, "Whoa, wow. you was like, you." He has a big problem. And the funny thing about it is, you know, when I when I called it on him, he talked about it there. I've seen Scott a hundred times since then. It's it's all fun and games. I told him what he did wrong. It's good, but um, yeah, <laughs> it's all good. That's funny. Well, uh, you can find myself on Instagram at the page with a Z on the end. Nathan is no longer on Instagram. He is on Twitter at Coach Nate Moran. Uh, Mind of a Coach is on Instagram uh, at Mind of a Coach, and we are on Twitter at Mind of a Coach Pod. Switch the order there a little bit. Uh, Mike, appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, best of luck to you repping this year, um, and we'll talk to you soon. We'll have that midseason check-in with you. Appreciate it. Good luck to you guys. Thank you, Mike. Later. Feel the rhythm of the rhymes you stone. Same on a pal, baby doll. For your pleasure tonight. Here's the gender with the speech. We be like so on ice. Check it. Here's the gender with the speech. We be like so on ice. Check it. And the candy man is back. You know the candy man is back. Justin Evan with the rhyme, the candy man is back, so check it.